Hello and welcome to Friday Night Fright Presents Comic Book Calvacadia 2020. Man, we're going to have some fun this month. Every episode in May, every day in May, there's going to be a brand new episode. It's going to be a mini review of a comic book movie. Yay, can't wait, hyped. So it's going to cover the gauntlet. It's going to be loads of MCU stuff. There's going to be some DC stuff probably. Uh, might be some off stuff. There's going to be Flash recaps of Flash Season 2 every Tuesday. Um, so it's going to be four or five of those, depending on how many Tuesdays are in May. But it's going to be tight, because they've all got a week off. Yay! Anyway, this is the intro comic for Cavcadia. So you hear this every day of the week, and then you'll hear an intro for the movie that I'm covering that day. Or TV show. Ooh, scary! Anyway, I'll be back after a brief word from our sponsor. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to but Calf Cage 2020, we're pumped, we're hyped, we're full of life, and we're almost not quite live. This is tape, but it's kind of sort of live, really, isn't it? No, not even slightly. There you go. Anyway, it's time for Ant Man, Ant Man, the Ant Man movie, the epilogue to Marvel Phase 3, Phase 2. Um, post-credit sequence to Marvel Phase 2, I guess you could say. It's meant to be start Phase 3, they thought, hey, let's start Phase 2 of Ant-Man. And it didn't do terribly well at the box office. It did okay, well, in terms of Marvel's original movies, but in terms of their post-Avengers movies, it didn't do great. But, hey, there you go. You can't wing them all. Um, I remember at the time really, did I see Ant-Man at the time? can't remember. But I remember enjoying it when I did watch it, because it was fun. It was fun, and after Avengers Age Ultron, which was really miserable, and po-faced at the time, I was like, yay, Ant-Man's fun. In retrospect, Avengers Age Ultron's actually really, really good, so it'll be interesting to see if this move, how this move works in connection with that movie, and at the same time, see if it does anything for the wide frame of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, knowing that Ant-Man plays a bigger role later on in some movies, so it'll be interesting. And, I mean, it's 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 a good movie. I remember it being really good. The sequel's amazing. The sequel's really, really good, so I can't wait to get to that one. But we'll start off with the original. Marvel Studios Presents Ant-Man coming up in just a few seconds after a brief word from my sponsor. Well, it's no surprise, but I thought that was really good. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the Ant-Man movies in general. Because I think they exemplify... Sorry. They sent for a different aspect of Marvel Universe to the other movies. These are more comedic. Come like, come like Guardians of Galaxy, except this this one's a tiny bit more grounded and less fantastical, although it's also quite fantastical. But it goes back to that, definitely that feel of Guardians of Galaxy, where it's a big, sweeping, epic super movie. But this is all stealing the small-scale story. This isn't a story about the end of Wales as we know it or anything like that. This is a much more story about a father's love for his daughter and a corrupt executive asshole. So in that regard, it's somewhat close to Iron Man and some of the 2000s-era super movies where corporate bad guys were bad guys. And this movie does have a very, very evil corporate bad guy. Although it's playing with some more complex themes than that. It's playing with... Roughly the idea that exposure to pin particles drives you batshit and crazy. Um, and roughly with the idea of... Hey, what we do you use for your family? Sorry, I yawn because it, if I like something, I tend to have... 
not troublemaking podcast, but my podcast seems to be better when I'm being critical towards stuff. But I'm not critical down there. It's a sweet little movie. It's not going to break any records. Indeed, it didn't at box office, as I said. But as part of Marvel Universe, it encompasses a nice part of it because A, it's a very compact movie. It's an hour 47, 36 when credits start, which is, wow, very cool, very compact. Also, it does a lot of nice little things. It's it's somewhat of a hallmark to movies like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and um, oh, that movie about the guys who go on the spaceship and they do heart surgery. I think it's called The Guys Who Go on the Spaceship and Do Heart Surgery. But it's kind of in that vein where it's like not necessarily... It's quite visually ambitious, but at the same time, it's not like The Avengers where... They're showcasing like nine different power sets. This seems to be quite specific for the villain and hero having roughly the same power sets. It's probably a bit easier to do CGI on, not having come up with too many new reference points. And yeah, I'm sure some people would say it falls into the Iron Man trap of the villain and hero are too similar. Although the villain's batshit crazy and hero is a very, very standard role, pull ride role. But it's, it's something to be said for you know, starting off smaller rather than anything. And it's a good movie. Is it perfect? No, it's not perfect because this isn't the Edgar Wright version. And that's the elephant in the room. Edgar Wright was going to be making this movie and it would have focused more on Hank Pym, I guess, and less tied into Marvel Cinematic Universe and Marvel weren't terribly keen with that. Although it sounds more like the creative committee weren't terribly keen for that. And as a result, we got this. And it's not bad. It's real. like I said, it's it's good. It's genuinely good. The writing by Paul Rudd and team is really on point and gives a lot of fleshing out characters which would be otherwise standard fare. Because it kind of goes against expectations a bit. When you think scenes can go one way, it ends up where you think it's going to go. It just takes the most interesting path to get there. And I think that's the movie's biggest um, biggest win for me. It's the fact that it's not necessarily the most unique movie in terms of plot or anything like that. It's quite bare bones. It's basically a heist movie. And you know where it's going to end up. But it's the path it takes to get there that's fascinating, which seems to be systemic for Marvel Cinematic Universe as a whole. Movies like 4, 2 and Iron Man 3 take the most dull ways of getting to the point they need to get to. Whereas Ant-Man takes a really weird way of getting there. A lot of improvisational Paul Rudisms, a lot of fleshing out of like the um the criminal sidekicks by the way all each get a defining characteristic and get some good banter some really good jokes the Baskins and Robbins jokes are fantastic the running monologues by Lewis um, Scott's getaway driver sidekick are even better and generally just really 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 fun and really good I think it did a great job of translating Ant-Man to screen, which couldn't be easy. And also, it did a good job following on from Avengers Age of Ultron. Obviously, it didn't want to give too much away as to the new stats quo after that movie. But Hank Pym's derision towards Iron Man, him for dropping a city out of the air and out of the sky and stuff like that, is quite cool. Obviously, there's signs that this is part of the wider Marvel Cinematic Universe especially seeing Falcon and Cameo there in post-credit sequence. They do a good job interweaving it without it feeling forced or ham-fisted even. The fight Falcon's particularly good scene because neither one's a bad character. So it's not about being someone villain, someone good guy. It's just 
Scott needs an item from the Avengers HQ. Falcon doesn't want him to get it, so they have both tussle. And it's an amusing little sequence that shows showcases Anthony Mackie's comedic timing. And sets up some nice things for later on. Because it shows you, like Bruce Banner at the end of Iron Man 3 in both credit sequence, falling asleep to Tony Stark's story, it shows that these characters who are serious and pathos-driven in other movies can go back being comedic. They can do a movie whiplash, if you will. They can run gormet of emotions. They don't always have to be in terribly serious movies. You can introduce the Falcon something like this after his fantastic role in Wink Soldier. And you really get a sense of a different side of the character, which is very cool. And it does a really good job of following on from Avengers Age of Ultron. A really good job, because this is like post this is like the new order of sorts, you know. You know, it's a bit weird. The superheroes showing up every day and can they be contained? I don't want to spoil you too much, but that might be a theme for some Marvel movies coming forward. Uh, generally, yeah, what you think? I think they did everything right. I think everyone came, everyone movie except for Cross came across as likable, and but not in forced way. They generally seem like they did a really good job of fleshing out all the characters. So while Scott does have issues with his ex-wife, her, her new husband, they all love his. They all love Scott, and uh, I can't remember his wife's name is. They all love Cassie, the daughter. So they all, they all care about her. And they're all trying to do the best. They just thought people trying to do the best they can. And it feels very humane. And very nice. No, nice is best to describe that man. This is a nice movie. Except for Cross. What an arsehole. He's the we got. And also includes the best cameo of all time. Thomas Tank Engine. Yay. And that's amazing seeing Wales on big screen. So yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. Could they make a better movie? Yes, they could. Spoilers, they made it, Vant Man and Wasp. Um, but I think they did a really good job considering it's, the intent wasn't to make this type of movie. The intent was to make different Edgar Wright movie and that they through, so they had to do this and they fleshed out a lot of the character roles and they worked hard with the actors to create something new and they pulled it off. So bravo. And I look forward to seeing Scott interact with some of the Avengers. The post-credit sequence certainly seems to be suggesting that will be the case. So yeah, that'd be very, very cool. And I enjoyed that and I would recommend it. And any rate tomorrow I don't know what next movie is in Marvel Cinematic Universe actually. Is it Captain America Civil War? Might be actually. Bear with me, I'm just having a look to see what's up next in Marvel. Because I, I it's on Disney Plus. I mean it wouldn't be Guardians of Galaxy too, wouldn't it? I can't keep track. There's so many Marvel movies. It's great, but ah, oh, it's exhausting. Anyway, 13 days in Combat Calvacadia. Wow, awesome. So, what's next? Oh, Civil War's next. Okay. So, Civil War, Doctor Strange, Guardians, Volume 2, 4, Ragnarok, Black Panther, Avengers, Endgame. Holy shit, so many movies. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'll be back tomorrow with... um. Uh, Captain America Civil War. Can't wait. Yay. Until then, remember, life is beautiful. Yay.